Chapter thirty seven of Carpenter's World Travels Alaska, Our Northern Wonderland by Frank Carpenter. This recording is in the public domain. Recording by Betty B. Chapter thirty seven on the Copper River Railway. So far as I know, the Copper River and Northwestern Railway is the only line in the world that takes its passengers right to the foot of magnificent glaciers and allows them to examine these greatest wonders of nature while the train waits within an hour of the arrival of our steamer at cordova an excursion train started out from the wharf and the tourists on board were carried a distance of about fifty miles up the copper river valley to the miles and childs glaciers two mighty streams of ice that stand almost facing each other on opposite sides of the track leaving cordova the road winds around the hills high over the water hanging to rocky cliffs covered with dense vegetation a little later it enters the mouth of the copper river valley and skirts eak lake which fills a star-shaped depression scooped out by some ancient glacier the lake is almost entirely shut in by high wooded mountains rising abruptly from the water's edge after following the winding shores of this lake for four miles the line crosses the eak river which carries the glacial waters of the lake out to the sea it is by this river that the boats from cordova go into and out from the lake and during the summer months the stream is gay with canoes rowboats and power craft of every description the lake teems with fish and it has excellent trout during the winter it is sometimes frozen over and is used for skating and sleighing there is some fishing done there through holes in the ice leaving the lake we passed through a forest of spruce and wound our way over the copper river delta crossing stream after stream from the great glaciers of the interior the flats extend for sixteen miles east and west a wide expanse of green level land half swamps with water here and there showing out of the green flocks of ducks and geese rose from these ponds as our train passed we could often see walls of green ice from our train the glaciers reached the clouds that dark rainy day the ice seemed to be looking at us over the trees we saw the graves of some miners who had tried in vain to get through to the klondike by this route in the gold rush of eighteen ninety eight a little further on we crossed long island and at mile thirty four came to the bridge over hot cake channel so called because a party of engineers were shut up there during the railway construction and for weeks had nothing to eat but hot cakes all the way to the foot of the mountains the engineers had to wade through the mud to lay out the route and it was hard to find a solid roadbed at mile twenty nine we were only thirty two miles from the bering river coal field and twenty miles farther on came to the narrow passage between the miles and childs glaciers here the road crosses the miles glacier bridge which costs more than a million and a half to build and then goes on its way up the mountains there are a number of smaller glaciers visible from the train but those we came to see are the miles and the childs the two mightiest ones in all the valley childs glacier is within a quarter of a mile or so of the track and miles glacier is in plain sight as you sit in the cars facing the bridge of these two the miles is by far the larger it begins in the snowfields of the mountains and it is probably fifty miles long where it enters the copper river valley it spreads out in a great bulb which at the end is six and one-half miles across 
it is about twelve and one-half miles around the whole front our train stopped on a switch near the bridge in plain sight of both glaciers and we had an hour or so to look about we left our cars and made our way to the terminal moraine of the glacier which is made up of rocks of all sizes the vegetation had now disappeared and we stood on the bank of a river with glacial waters that looked like skim milk we were right under a mighty ice wall that ascended straight up from the water to a greater height than that of the dome of our capital at washington this wall is washed by the river it extends along the banks of the stream for a length of four miles and runs back for more than ten miles up the valley it is composed of broken and uneven cliffs of pale green ice from which huge masses are continually falling we could see and hear the ice blocks breaking off as we stood under the wall on the opposite bank of the milky river first came a cracking which sounded like a battery of heavy artillery then a mass of pure white weighing thousands of tons broke loose from the glacier seemed to hang in mid-air for an instant then plunged down into the stream with a thunderous roar sending up a high cloud of spray a moment later the mist had cleared away and the ice block could be seen rising and falling sending waves almost to our feet the breaking of the ice is caused by melting and also by pressure from the great ice river as it flows slowly down from the heights the movement of the glacier varies in speed from time to time during the years 1906 1907 and 1908 it came forward only two or three feet a day but in 1909 its motion increased to five or six feet and in august 1910 it was advancing at the rate of thirty or forty feet daily after that it began to slow up and in june 1911 it was moving less than two feet per day scientists made careful observations and photographs of the child's glacier at the time of its greatest activity they would come out in the morning to find tons of ice resting where their cameras had stood the day previous and to see a great tree perhaps a hundred years old prone on the ground with its butt beneath the glacier the night before the same tree had been upright and the ice some distance away in this movement the ice acted like so many ploughs ripping up the earth to bedrock and piling up the turf and bushes ten or fifteen feet higher than the level of the plain in view of what the engineers did in constructing this line it would seem no idle boast to say they could even fight off the advance of a glacier the route lay through one of the ruggedest mountain regions of the continent with glaciers glacial streams rapids and canyons to be conquered in the delta flats there was hardly any ground fit for construction camps and the only fuel was green alders and willows sometimes it took six months to get material up the river from cordova to the glacial region sometimes as the surveying parties got farther inland they worked with the thermometer at fifty below zero in summer much construction material had to be towed up the river by men pushing their way through the cottonwood thickets while others waded in the stream to keep the boats off the rocks in winter it had to be sledded over ice sometimes piled up in barriers sometimes filled with dangerous potholes the most remarkable engineering feat on the route though was the building of the eleven hundred and fifty foot bridge across the river between the miles and the child's glaciers for a time the fate of the million and a half dollar investment hung by a hair 
thousands of piles driven deep into the bottom of the river and frozen into seven feet of ice formed the temporary foundation of the third and last span the bridge builders were working with breathless haste to beat the spring thaw before they had a chance to make fast the last span the ice began to move carrying the span with it while one gang chopped the ice with axes and melted it with steam pipes another with block and tackle not only stopped the moving span but inch by inch dragged it back into place where at last it was bolted and riveted now around each pier is a row of eighty pound rails one foot apart to act as an icebreaker like the white pass line the copper river railway was built for business reasons and it went straight ahead in the face of these enormous difficulties construction began in nineteen o six and the one hundred and ninety six miles of track was completed five years later the total cost was twenty million dollars or about one hundred thousand dollars a mile but the road has paid for the route taps the wrangell range the richest known mineral section of alaska this range has gold copper and silver and the finest copper mines of the world End of chapter 37